0: Of Hosea, this Wednesday in our meetings, our Bible studies, we will be looking at the book of Hosea, and um, we're going to introduce it here today. And some of you may have already got into it. That's great. The book of Hosea is an interesting book. It is the first of what is called the minor prophets. Um, not because they're less important, but they got the name by mankind. It wasn't divinely put there, but by mankind because they were smaller than Isaiah or Jeremiah or Daniel. Not smaller in stature, but smaller in length and, and in scope of, of their prophecies. Um, the, the prophet Hosea, his name means salvation. Hosea began ministering at the end of an era of great material prosperity, great military success for both Israel and Judah. He primarily ministered to the northern kingdom, Israel, and their prosperity had brought to them a religious formalism. They would go through the motions, but their heart was separated from their motions. It led to apostasy. That led then to political instability, and uh, and we've already seen two major problems for Israel. The prophet Hosea is a prophet like none other in this sense. Um, Nowhere is the love of God more illustrated than in the prophet Hosea's life. And and we want to look at that here today and give some of the high points of that, and I trust you'll leave today with a fresh awareness of God's love for you. But it begins with God coming to Hosea. Hosea is picturing um, the love of God for mankind. And in chapter 1 and verse 2, when the Lord began to speak by Hosea, the Lord said to Hosea, Go, take yourself a wife of harlotry and children of harlotry, for the land has committed great harlotry by departing from the Lord. So he went and took Gomer, the daughter of Diblam, and she conceived and bore him a son. And then it goes on and explains some of the uh, growth of their family. But one thing we learn here, God desires to be in union with us. We, as we will see in, in, as we go through this, we are the harlot. We are the prostitute. We are the, the whore. Here, here is God tells Hosea, Hosea, I've got a wife for you. Great. You are going to go and you are going to marry this prostitute. I mean, put yourself in that position. And and Hosea is a picture, as we saw in the video, God coming to man, Jesus Christ. God of gods and man of mans, He alone is qualified to be the intermediator between God and man because He is God and He is man. And God, pictured here, desires to have fellowship and intimacy with us. We also understand from this that we are totally undeserving of this we are pictured as as the harlot we are pictured as the prostitute we are pictured as this that that would be rejected it wasn't like there was anything that was drawing so to speak under understanding Totally undeserving. So, in the account, Hosea goes and marries Gomer. They have three children. One of them is named um, Jezreel, and it is announcing that there is judgment coming on the kingdom. And another one is named, the name means, I will have no more mercy. How would you like Okay, you're going to have a child, and name it, I will have no more mercy. I mean, right away it's like, wow, this is going from from bad to worse. And, and then the third child, a son, said, call his name in verse 8. Lo am I, for you are not my people, and I will not be your God. All of these were messages that... God was giving to Israel judgment is coming no more mercy and you are not my people so Hosea marries Gomer they have these three children and then Gomer returns to her former ways of life and And again, you'll need to read the entire book. It's only 13 chapters. It won't take you long to read to get the full picture. But you notice in verse 5 of chapter 2, in the early verses, he says, I'm bringing charges against your mother, meaning against Gomer, he's speaking, But notice verse 5, For their mother has played the harlot. She who conceived them has behaved shamefully. For she said, I will go after my lovers who give me my bread and my water, my wool and my linen, my oil and my drink. So here Hosea's wife, the mother of these children, said, I am returning to my old ways. I'm going after my other lovers. And she rejected Hosea for the sake of her other lovers. It teaches us that we, as mankind and as individuals, reject God in favor of other lovers. Even saying that sounds like you shouldn't even say those things. But that is the picture of mankind. That is the picture of me. That is the picture of you. We are born in sin. We are born in this rebellion. And, and we reject God to chase after other lovers. And God is using Hosea's life To convey this, like Gomer, his wife, we fail to see where our blessings come from. She said in verse 5, I will go after my other lovers, from them I receive uh, my bread and my water, my wool and my linen, my oil and so on. And notice if you look down in verse 8. We'll come back to the verses in between. But God is speaking and and said, For she did not know that I gave her grain, new wine and oil. I multiplied her silver and her gold, which they prepared before Baal. So she's saying, I'm going to go after these other lovers, because they're the ones that give me this. And God says, No, I am the one that has given you new grain and oil, and and I am the one that has blessed you. This is a picture of our hearts. We take the blessings of God and we attribute them to others, and we chase after other lovers, and by nature, that's in our heart, rebellion against God. And we fail to see where our blessings come from. We're reminded during this Fourth of July week, America, God shed his grace on thee. And even as a nation, we are turning our back on where the blessings come from, from God, and we're chasing after other lovers. No, our blessings will come from our wisdom and science and and our education and this form that we fail to see where our blessings come from. But then we notice God uses adversity to bring us back to Him. Notice verse 6. Verse 5 of chapter 2, we've already read, she said, I will go after my other lovers. Verse 6, therefore, because of this, because of her going after her other lovers, Behold, I will hedge up your way with thorns and wall her in so that she cannot find her paths. She will chase her lovers but not overtake them. Yes, she will seek them but not find them. Then she will say, I will go and return to my first husband, for then it was better for me than now. God says, I will build around about you a hedge of thorns. You understand? A hedge of thorns. It it is adversity, it is affliction, it brings pain. And God uses adversity to build a wall about. She chased after her other lovers and and couldn't catch up with them and couldn't win their hearts why because God had built this wall to illustrate and then you notice if you'd look in verse 14 of chapter 2 therefore behold I will allure her so Hosea goes out to Gomer and and this is this is the Ministry of God continually seeking to win our hearts. Hosea goes out to her, verse 14. Therefore, behold, I will allure her and will bring her into the wilderness and speak comfort to her. I will give her her vineyards from there and the valley of Achor as a door of hope. She shall sing there as in the days of her youth, as in the days when she came up from the land of Egypt. And it shall be in that day, says the Lord, that you will call me my husband and no longer call me my master. Let's just go back and walk through this. Therefore, in reference to her evil adultery, because of her evil adultery, I hedged her in. And now, behold, Hosea is saying, behold, something great is about to be revealed here. It's called the grace of God. Undeserved, uninvited, something worthy of attention. And what is it? He will tenderly woo and win us back to Him Through the working of the Spirit of God. He gives, verse 15, the promise of hope and safety. He gives the renewal of the vows of marriage. We didn't go on and read about it, but notice verse 19 of chapter two. I will betroth you to me forever. Yes, I will betroth you to me in righteousness and in justice, in loving kindness and mercy. I will betroth you to me in faithfulness and you shall know the Lord. Promises of God's love. I will, I will bind you to me. I will commit myself to you in righteousness and justice and loving kindness and mercy and faithfulness, he says. This, this is this unfaithful woman that was brought from a life of debauchery, brought to a home and loved and made a mother, and then willfully chooses to go back to the life of of vileness and evil. And Hosea, a picture of God, comes back and woos her heart and allures her, And makes a covenant, I am going to love you to the very end. I am going to love you in faithfulness and mercy and kindness. And he says that you shall know the Lord, in verse 20. Knowing in the sense of intimacy, of union, of oneness. How did he do this? Notice chapter 3 in verse 1. And the Lord said to me, Go again, love a woman who is loved by a lover and is committing adultery just like the love of the Lord for the children of Israel who look to other gods and love the raisin cakes of the pagans. So I bought her for myself for 15 shekels of silver and one and a half homers of barley, And I said to her, you shall stay with me many days. You shall not play the harlot, nor shall you have a man, so too will I be toward you. Notice it says, he went and he literally bought her off the slave market. Human trafficking, whatever it is. He bought her. He had been married to her. She had gone away in unfaithful rebellion and was in the bondage and Hosea came and literally paid the price to buy her back and he said I will be a husband to you you are are my wife and God commanded Hosea to go and love her again Hosea could not afford it it's evident from this he took money but he also had to gather some other things it mentioned some barley here but at any rate he paid whatever price was necessary to bring her back get her back whatever it cost you this is this is a foreshadowing of what god did in sending his son To pay the penalty for our sin. In our rebellion, we weren't pleading, deliver us, deliver us. In our rebellion, Jesus Christ came and paid the ultimate price to restore us to fellowship. And on Father's Day, we looked at the aspect. He said, I am willing to be a father to you. Here he says, conveying his love. I am willing to love you unconditionally with the love of a husband in in all purity as only God can love. You can only imagine as Hosea's wife saw Hosea approaching. Perhaps the shame, perhaps the disregard for him. But then, to see him pay the price to buy her back, not to punish her, but to bring her back to favored status, to a position of oneness with Hosea. And so that his wife was able to say, I will return to my first husband, for it was better for me then than it is now. Because of the hedge of thorns, the wall built about, he then allures her. He's willing to pay the ultimate sacrifice. This is all a picture of God. Hosea did not bring her back then to make her his slave, which he bought her. But he brought her back to be a husband to her. We read in verse 16. And it shall be in that day, says the Lord, that you will call me my husband and no longer call me my master. God desires love, not the law. The law could have had Hosea's wife stoned to death. That's what the law said, and rightfully so in the law at that time. But God says, I am not requiring the law, I am not desirous of the law. Jesus Christ fulfilled the law, and I am desiring a relationship. You will no longer call me master. The law is a master over us. The law is something we cannot keep. The law is our schoolmaster to bring us to Christ. And God does not want us to return to Him just in a a yes, sir, to go about our duties, but to respond to Him in a relationship of oneness. He is my husband, the perfect man. He changes the law to love, servitude to honor, self-denial to worship, fear to confidence. It doesn't mean that we, we don't fear Him, but it's a fear out of respect and confidence in Him. So that if we really grasp the whole picture of this, we would come away saying, this is... This is amazing love that that you would come. I rejected you. What you blessed me with, I turned away. I pursued other lovers. And yet you came back to win me, pay the price for me, bring me back to a relationship with Him. And if you turn to the last Last chapter, I'm sorry, I said 13 chapters, there's 14, but notice verse 9. The promise God makes to Gomer, Hosea's wife, to Israel, and to we as people. Verse 4, and again we're skipping stones over the book of Hosea, so to speak, but notice verse 4 of chapter 14. I will heal, this is God speaking, I will heal their backsliding. I will love them freely. For my anger has turned away from him. I will be like the dew to Israel. He shall grow like the lily and lengthen his roots like Lebanon. His branches shall spread. His beauty shall be like an olive tree. His fragrance like Lebanon. Those who dwell under his shadow shall return they shall be revived like grain and grow like a vine; their scent shall be like the wine of Lebanon. Ephraim shall say, "What have I to do any more with idols? I have heard and observed him, I am like a green cypress tree. Your fruit is found in me." And he concludes, "Who is wise? Let him understand these things. Who is prudent? Let him know them, for the ways of the Lord are right. The righteous walk in them, but transgressors stumble in them. He says, "I am going to bless you. I am bringing you to a love that nothing else compares to, even though I, even though we have been adulterous and rebellious and vile and wicked." He says, "I am bringing you to a love." that then he says in Romans 8, what can separate us from the love of God? Can tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or dangers. No, in all these things we are more than conquerors because nothing can separate us from the love of God. And the book of Hosea is all about an undeserving, totally undeserving person that is reached out to and rebels against it and is bought with the price and comes and is brought to an intimate relationship, an illustration of God's love for sinful people. You may struggle with, and and most all of us do, struggle with, with God's love. How could God love me? things that I've done, things that I've said, or, who am I? I'm nobody. And the prophet Hosea is shouting out through the ages, God's love reaches to the uttermost, and God's love is for this purpose, not just to save us from hell, but to bring us to an intimate relationship with God, that we will know Him. The gospel isn't just to save us from hell. It's to restore us to fellowship with God, that we would call him, you are my beloved, you are my husband, we are the bride of Christ. And to come to realize that, and and honestly, the prayer of our heart ought to be, God, help me to know your amazing love And rest in it. And rejoice in it. And to come to realize the fullness of fellowship with you. I mean, if you take the time to think about this, if you put it in real life situations, this is an incredible picture that God paints of his love for us. We are the filthy harlot that has been used and abused by many others, and yet God still desires us. We're going to close our service by singing, Amazing Love, How Can It Be That Thou My God Shouldst Die For Me? And really, there's not a one of us here today that has come to realize the fullness of his love. And I pray as you read this book of Hosea this week that, that you will come to say, God, I am this wife and you love me. Help me to realize the greatness of the gift of your love. Help me to realize, and, and you may say, I, You may be at the point that you say, I didn't realize that Jesus' death was buying me from the slavery of sin. I didn't realize that. And maybe you've never accepted that payment for sin. You can be brought to intimacy with God through faith in Jesus Christ. And if you've lost that first love, Make it your prayer to know the love of God. Heavenly Father, I pray that we would come to rejoice in your great love. Lord, help us to realize the the enormity of your love for us that in our rebellion and vile wickedness, you still came to reach us. And not just to reach us, but to restore us. And you told us to call you my husband. That we're one with you. That we are the delight of your eyes. And Lord, I pray that we would come to value the amazing love of you. I pray if there's one here today that has never... Accepted your payment for their sin to be bought from the slavery of sin, Lord. I pray today that we would come to know that, and then I pray for every believer that we would come to know your love in a more intimate manner. We pray in Jesus' name, Amen. Let's stand together as.